today on Ag News Daily. Jordan Lang, I uh, grew up in Central Iowa. I think it's similar to where you guys are from, yep. and uh, got born and raised, uh, stayed stayed close to home for for school in Northeast Iowa, and uh, been with deer for about eleven years now. With the Farm Smart podcast, we're not just talking change; we're making change together. Farm Smart is where sustainability meets opportunity. We're helping growers leverage sustainable practices and products to record positive environmental impacts and provide new revenue streams. Tune in to learn more about sustainable ag and the opportunities and incentives that are enabling us to get to the future faster. Get the Farm Smart podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at nutrientagsolutions.com slash farmsmart. Happy Friday, everybody. September 22nd, 2023. Today's episode is brought to you by the Farm Smart Podcast. Go to Nutrient Ag Solutions slash Farm Smart to subscribe today. We made it to Friday, Delaney. A whole week. We did. It felt like a really long week, though, Tanner. Well, when uh, neither one of us have been present for every show of every week for a little while, it can add up over time. We all know that some of our farmers think it's been a long week as well, and it may seem longer because we've got more storms in the forecast for Iowa. Looks like they could have a couple that turn severe over the weekend. Isolated showers are forecasted for today. Maybe some strong winds expected in western Iowa this evening. Severe storms will likely be tomorrow, mostly in the afternoon and evening. Large hail and strong winds are the biggest risk. Of course, they say a tornado cannot be ruled out, but it is still unlikely. Heavy rainfall will be the possible, will cause the possibilities for some flooding in much of the state. Uh, as you look throughout the rest of the Midwest, there's some pop-up thunderstorm chances there throughout most of those states as well. And again, that East Coast is continuing to monitor what disturbances we have for potential torrential rain or high surf coming their direction as well. Well, Tanner, I didn't realize it, but this week is also National Farm Safety Week. Did you know it was this week? I remembered seeing an article, I think, Monday or Tuesday about grain bin rescues, but uh, it did escape my mind. Well, for those of our listeners heading into the field, it's a reminder to think twice before doing uh, and putting yourself in dangerous situations. The U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, otherwise known as OSHA, kicked off the week, Tanner, by fining a company that had a worker that passed away in a grain silo in Georgia. A 59-year-old worker entered into a half-full bin to unclog some clumps of grain as the bin's auger was turning below. That's a big no-no, but um, this worker unfortunately did pass away. And so again, a fresh reminder to make sure you're paying attention, especially in the grain bin area, but uh, making sure that all of your farm workers are trained on how to safely enter a grain bin and maybe taking a refresher yourself, uh, as well as making sure you've got all sorts of augers and equipment locked or turned off before anyone gets inside of any equipment that could be moving. Also keeping employees and yourselves away from tasks that require you to walk along a moving grain bin, especially inside the grain bin. And they're also suggesting to wear body harnesses, Tanner, because as we know, grain can come quickly and, and overcome people and that would not be a pleasant situation. So just a reminder, as you are in the fields this year, to think twice before putting yourself in those types of positions. 
That's correct. We don't want to be reporting your headline. So please be safe as far as that goes. This fall, Montag introduced two new metering systems for conservation practices and the accuracy of a seeding cover crops. They're 2224 Forever Series, which is designed to help farmers run all day. This super high capacity nutrient and or seed metering can carry up to 20 tons of product and is equipped for 24 rows to cover large amounts of acres for the application in place. The bin covers fold away hydraulically, offering easy loading. They also have wireless remote options. The cover crop plus metering system is designed to handle even the smallest seeds and can be paired with tillage implements, combines, as well as haggy and other self-propelled sprayers or detasselers. When installed on a combine, seeds can be put down right behind the header and use the cover, use the crop residue to cover the cover crop seeds. The cover crops plus system includes distribution augers that come with a small seed auger kit to help monitor seed flow and make sure that you can run. This is obviously in focus of a new result with the new Covercrest seed stock that we had reported upon. So it's good to see there are some advancements in the technology of the equipment in order to put the seeds in the ground. Well, Tanner, here's an interesting story for this Friday episode. A few companies are starting to file complaints and even lawsuits against the way they are required to label their alternative protein products. Specifically, the case in question here was filed by Tofurky, a turkey tofu alternative, as I'm sure that you already guessed that one to be. But Turtle Island Foods out of Island is the company that actually makes Tofurky and is challenging a law in Texas that went into effect on September 1st that requires all plant-based products and labels to include terms like meatless, plant-based, cell-cultured, or lab-grown. Now you might be wondering, what is it exactly the Turtle Island Foods is suing on the grounds of? And that is the other interesting part to this story, Tanner. The CEO of Tofurky claims that the Texas laws are insulting consumers' intelligence. He also said that the use of terminology consumers are already familiar with, like burger or hot dog, will help them understand the intended use and texture of the plant-based proteins. But there are 13 states with very similar legislation with varying approaches on how to label plant-based and alternative meat proteins. I'm curious if you have any opinions on, on that, Tanner. Uh, I, that's quite interesting. I have lots of opinions. The first one I laughed at quietly to myself was that he's insulting the public's knowledge uh, when that would be exactly what the prey on without disclosing would be. And then that the factors to identify how the product should be used uh, is interesting because when I look at a hamburger, you don't have to tell me that it's a hamburger. I know how to use it. So I wonder what the tofurkey looks like if I need to wonder if it's a hot dog or a hamburger by description on a package. So yeah, very interesting article, Delaney. Oh, it's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that one. So jumping into a look overseas, Brazil's 23-24 soybean crop planting conditions have continued to get a little bit worse as far as no moisture. Right now, an intense mass of warm, dry air continues to block the moisture in Brazil's main growing region. 
the southern Atlantic Ridge that we would like to see move further north is too far south for what they intend to receive rain, normal rainfall. Predominantly, this area is now dry, such as Monte Grasso, Sol, and uh, the other regions that are important for soybean growth. Seasonal tendencies typically bring extreme heat up at the start of rainy season. That's the case in most of the growing regions. However, some farmers are holding off on planting to not put their seeds out in dry dirt. Southern Brazil is the exact opposite, where they've seen massive flooding. An additional rainfall of up to five inches is forecasted to fall over the next 10 days. River and groundwater levels are all saturated, saturated at this point, and there's no place for any further rainfall to go. Farmers have still made some first <clears throat> progress on their corn crop, finding time to plant between rains, but such strong rainfall forecasts could see farmers modestly change their acreage. So what do they have in store ahead? It looks like the two regions are continuing to see more of what they're currently getting. Dry in the north and wet in the south. So it'll be interesting to see Delaney if planting continues to get delayed because of the weather that they're experiencing. Well, Tanner, speaking of delays, we know that the farm bill is likely going to get delayed until the end of this year. However, the fiscal year ends September 30th. As we know, really the first program that would get hit by the ending of the farm bill here funded through this fiscal year would be some dairy subsidies but folks in both the house and senate side said they're having a very difficult time getting a short-term funding bill passed house speaker kevin mccarthy said that they've already seen two bills fail to receive votes in the house this year and the debate has been defense spending, Tanner. That's been the big contention point to get things moving along here. But uh, we're continuing to see them try and get something pushed through, but it seems that they are not coming to a resolution anytime soon. So I'm sure we'll see it slide in in the 11th hour, as we usually do with this type of fiscal spending bill. And this is not unique to this year. This has happened multiple years in the past. However, it does sound like folks on both sides of the aisle are getting frustrated with the issue nonetheless. Yeah, and you can see all the different angles in which it's tied to. Uh, President Zelensky met with Joe Biden in the White House yesterday, and then the U.S. announced a new support package, including $128 million in security assistance and $197 million in arms and equipment. So that's probably part of the contention in place for some of the politicians. The Ukrainian president is also going to head to Canada today, where he will visit for the first time with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who said that Ottawa will strengthen economic ties with Ukraine and look to apply more economic pressure to Putin's regime. Poland's president said that he's still willing to talk to Zelensky, as friends after Warsaw signaled that it would stop delivering arms to Kiev over the dispute of grain imports. Ukraine also launched a missile attack, a missile attack overnight on the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea Fleet in Crimea, uh, according to the Russian-appointed governor themselves. So we'll continue to keep an eye on what is happening over between Russia and Ukraine. But that wraps up the news that I have for today on this Friday edition. Well, Tanner, I think the only thing I have here to mention just quickly before we head into markets is, of course, today is a cattle on feed placements report day. And this will be reflective of the cattle we saw 
as of September 1st. Expected to see a decrease in every category of the report, but the unknown remains where feeders were placed and how many feeders were placed in August. That's really the only thing that analysts are still leaving as kind of a question mark on the balance sheet, but I'm sure that we will get some immediate trade reaction to this news as we head into opening sessions on Monday, because of course that report will come out, I believe, just after market close today. But as we head into the opening session here, taking a look at the overnights, Tanner, we are seeing mostly green across the screen in the gray markets. December corn down a half a cent at 474 and three quarters. New crop beans up six and a half cents at $13 and a quarter. December hard red winter wheat down up two and a half cents at 713. December spring wheat up three and three quarter cents at 771 and a quarter. And Chicago, December wheat up two pennies at 577. Livestock yesterday closed in the red as October live cattle shed $1.80 to end the day at a buck 84.97 and a half. October feeder cattle shed $2.80. We'll open this morning at 257.77 and a half. And October lean hogs shed $2.82 and a half cents. We'll open this morning at 82.95. Yeah, so let's jump into a conversation that we got to have with a couple of members of the John Deere team talking about the upgrades that we can do to the existing equipment we have. Here we go. With the Farm Smart podcast, we're not just talking change, we're making change together. Farm Smart is where sustainability meets opportunity. We're helping growers leverage sustainable practices and products to record positive environmental impacts and provide new revenue streams. Tune in to learn more about sustainable ag and the opportunities and incentives that are enabling us to get to the future faster. Get the FarmSmart podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at NutrientActSolutions.com slash FarmSmart. All right, Jordan, for our listeners back at home, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, what you're doing for the company, and how'd you get there? Thanks. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah. Jordan Lang. I uh, grew up in central Iowa. I think it's similar to where you guys are from. Yep. And uh, that born and raised, uh, stayed stayed close to home for, for school in northeast Iowa, and I've uh, been with Deer for about 11 years now. Um, passionate about the ag industry and, and tasked with, at, at this point in time, growing uh, what we still consider a startup business within the deer world and the performance upgrades business. So startup, it's crazy deer, to think deer's about. been around over hundreds of years. So uh, what, what's, the, years. What, what's the startup? The startup is a different way to do, deliver product and technology to customers. Most would say, oh, over time I've walked into my John Deere dealership as a customer. I've told them what I need and it shows up usually in the form of new or a piece of used equipment. Yeah. I don't have to make too many updates to it. That's our bread and butter and how we've, we've survived for many years and grown our business. But uh, now it's all about updating existing machines. Corey, you should just go buy the next uh, nine over there. You got enough money? I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> so with that great being, point. Yeah, great great point, so, right? Yeah. Is, is, as things are new, they probably cost more. So you're, you're finding a, a new market, if you will, a market that's been there probably quite a while, but you're revamping or bringing it to light. Yeah, we're developing a portfolio that I'd say is still yet a little raw, um, but if you consider our, what, we, what, what our bread and butter product is today, it's our, our planter upgrades. And 
to your point around around cost, I'd say round numbers between a third and half of the cost when compared to a, a new planter, you're going to get the business end of the planter brand new mm-hmm. and have the the operational efficiency and um, that the use of that planter will be like a brand new planter. Okay. Yeah, because the bar is right. as long as you take care of it yeah. is good. You can have a new planter without buying a new planter, right? Yeah, and, and I would say in our upgrades world, you get full new bolt-on row units, and when you look at the business end of the planter, it's brand new. Yep. And I would say we did this on the farm, and this was before John Deere was offering this. So, right, we had we bought an old planter, and then we upgraded it. Okay. But we just got all the fancy stuff. We didn't get a whole brand new row unit, like you said. So it's <laughs> not technically new. Yeah. So this is what you call PUKs, performance upgrade kits. I had to look that up. So I'm saying that for the listeners because if I didn't know what it was, there's somebody else out there that doesn't know what it was and maybe doesn't know that it's available. So this is available on planters. What else can we get an upgrade on? Yeah, formally we're in year two currently of having sprayer upgrades, and we've launched some upgrades for crop harvesting equipment, front end, front end equipment, and uh, we're soon to have some, some upgrades available for combines. So ah. let's talk sea and spray. Yeah. What do we got here? Yeah, so if you look at the machine over here to the left, that, that's a, a sea and spray ultimate machine. So that would have, if you look at it, you say, what's that, what's that black boom? It looks different. That truss style boom, the full machine out of the factory with sea and spray technology on it. Um, it, it comes at a, a, a price point that's, that's appropriate for some, but think about a customer who maybe bought a new machine a year ago yeah. or bought a, a, a three-year-old machine um, this year. And would say, well, next year I'd like to have sea and spray in my operation. But it doesn't make sense to trade up to that. I just made an investment in my current machine right. that has the latest technology other than sea and spray. How can I, uh, how can I acquire that technology? So we're launching a sea and spray premium, as we call it. And it's the same sea and spray technology with the vision and sensors and everything you'd see on that machine but installed as a kit on your current machine. I just flash back to a conversation I had with my uncle years ago who was waiting to order a Chevy pickup, but didn't want to do it until the new model body style came out because he didn't want to be stuck with the last year the body style was available. Even though the truck's only one year old, it might look like it's six or seven. So that's kind of a, a neat way for Deer to dive into the market of, giving us an opportunity to get into the latest technology available, which is what this whole episode is about, and not having to completely upgrade the power unit. So some, some of it is, I, I didn't know you had performance upgrade kits until just today. I'm guessing other farmers don't know that either. How do they know, we, I know how to farm, but I don't know what I need on my planter to make it better. I don't know, I mean, I've, yeah, I've been to your conference, I've seen some new technology, but I don't know what parts I need. How do I know? Is the dealer going to tell me that? Is it a website? Like, what's that look like? Yeah. So we, we would always say your John Deere dealer should be your first and best source for, for that type of information. Okay. But in, in what you're talking about, um, me as a, as a customer, as a producer, it, it's great for me to understand if, I, if, if it's better for me to keep what I have and I'm, I'm happy with it, but I want to make some form of an update, what is that or what am I eligible for? We're working on a tool right now that'll be out on deer.com in the coming months okay. um, where you as a customer could input the serial number of your machine or input the, the model and model year of that machine and it will show you what upgrades you are eligible for. We're making it available for planners first but it's going to give you a, a, a first look that you of course would like to see and then talk to your dealer about how that fits your planner specifically. Is there going to be different levels of mod updates like well for X amount of dollars you can buy the 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 gold package for X plus a little more you can buy the platinum package. I mean is there is there a 
I, I have enough money to do this this year, but then I'd like to get to that next year. I mean, as we're tax planning, taxes are so much in agriculture. As we're as we're doing that and we're we're forecasting the future and and having a good balance sheet, is is there incremental upgrades? There are some. There okay. are some that are required. I would say in like the core base features. For example, if you want to go to um, go go from XP row units to exact emerge, you need a full new row unit to do that. But if later you wanted to make updates to your row cleaners or to your closing wheels or something like that, you can do that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there are some, we'll lay out what's necessary from the outset and then what's available down the road. This is the farmer side of me talking. Is this something I can buy from my John Deere dealer and do it in my shop or does it have to go into the John Deere dealer to get updated? Great question. You, you could do it as well. Good. Yeah. It's easy, that easy. Yeah, I would say uh, that some some involvement from your dealership is necessary, especially as I would say you button things up maybe mm -hmm. to make sure it, it, it runs yep. um, from a software standpoint. But uh, yes, you can you can by all means uh, take that kit from your dealer when it's delivered to them. Yep. Um, there's a lot of nice big heated shops in the Midwest, and, and oh, farmers yeah. have some time in the winter to do things like that, and yep. we very much encourage that if if the customer is able to do it. If you come haul my corn, I'll be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, so we talked autonomy on the last one, so do you think a, a autonomy will be a PUK at some point to upgrade Ooh. old tractors, or will it only be on new tractors? I'd say that's that's the future, yeah. Okay. I, we, we need to look at that, because it, we, we can't expect, I would say, with, with where pricing has, has definitely gone in the marketplace today, I think we're all feeling that in many areas, not just equipment, right? Um, there's value in the current machines that, that we as farmers own today. There has to be. A lot. Yeah, and, right. and, and I would say the gap, I'll, I'll put my farmer hat on, the gap between a new machine and a nice used machine has grown yep. in terms of values, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, uh, although have we you need seen to find some of the auction prices, these oh, like eighty three hundreds. I was just gonna say the, <laughs> auction, oh the auctioneer and me talking <laughs> says, "What do you do with all the old stuff?" So we got a. But full, you haven't seen the new prices. So we got a full new row unit, and we took it off. Do we just throw them in the corner on a pallet? Like oh, there's a market for that. Too. Uh, I, I study that a little bit as well, like and there's value the in those row units. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so is there? Uh, I want to get. I want to get back to the basics because we <laughs> jumped right over. We went exact That's merge what we like to do. is an upgrade. Yeah. And C and spray is an upgrade. But let's let's take just a minute for each one of these. What do you get in making a difference on your planner when you do the upgrade? So what is the technology that is going to benefit me? What's the ROI driven from? Let's yeah. talk the upgrade kit for the planners first. Planners, it's all about exact emerge technology, the brush belt. Um, seed placement, efficiency in your operation, planting faster. Um, we're, we're firm believers in it. It's proven. Time yep. and accuracy of the seed placement. Yes. Which would, should lead to yield. Yes. Yep. So then what on Which the and spray side, what does that get us? Yep. Input cost reduction. So um, placement where the weed, it, where the weed is, is seen by the, the seed and spray technology is going to reduce your input costs um, as you are going across the field applying herbicides for your in-season applications. Is that on bare ground or that's in-crop you're seeing a spray too? Yeah, so so that that uh, that sprayer, seeing spray, you, you can broadcast, you can do targeted spray. There's different modes available depending on the time of season or application that you're performing. We just wow. talked about variable rate on, on the tillage, last episode, yep. uh, even the tillage. Well, uh, same thing. It's not maybe what we get, it's what we don't spend. Yep. Yes. We talked those two pieces of technology. What did we miss? Yeah, there's a couple other I'd, I'd highlight over there that there, there seem to be some big crowds around the spring. And so if you see exact shot, 
we're launching that as an upgrade uh, first. So and that goes on what? Planters. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So um, it's the next step in fertilizer placement on the planter. So if you think about today, we're banding fertilizer in the furrow. That's actually going to dose it on the seed. So oh, really? we talked about reduced input costs. Yeah. You're reducing your fertilizer cost, but you're also making sure the right amount gets placed on the seed for, for, for the best use of that. And what you can also do, this is a farmer hat. You can also, so say you were putting three gallons to the acre on in a stream, Dave. Yeah. Now you're putting it on the seed. You could probably put a five-gallon per acre rate on that seed, but you're probably still saving, what, 40%, 60% of the actual product? Hmm. And yep. Corey's got to tear his planter down yet this spring, mm-hmm. and uh, he better be careful what he's putting onto it because you're probably going to want exact shot. Yeah. Is that, is that a very invasive thing? Could I just put that on my, my planter right now, even if it's not uh, a, a high-speed planter? You do need a high speed. You planner. do need a high yep. speed. Planner. Yep, there are some. So some I need a bigger upgrade than I probably have time for. <laughs> <laughs> that's the platinum package. That's not just. The yeah. <laughs> that's all right. There's always next year. Yeah. Yep. As we talk about a few of these, you know, I mentioned, you know, upgrade first. We're we're uh, we're looking at this business as the means of when we have technology ready um, that's been developed at John Deere. How do we get to the market fastest? And and um, some of our factories or products might not be available or ready to launch a new product, but the technology yep. that could be on that product is ready. We want to make that available to customers to deliver value and reduce some of their expenses through efficiencies as quickly as possible. I think that's a great plan, F- customer-focused, to get as quick to market as we can with it and at, at the most reasonable cost because everybody has a different amount that they can spend yeah. Okay, in that. We'd all love brand new, but it sounds like a great idea to me. How do you decide what is going to be the next thing that you're going to invest into to be a technology for a POK? <laughs> We, we work with our production systems teams to figure out um, what is best there. I, I'd say in upgrades, we're a, we're, we're a team that's going to help make sure it works on existing equipment in the field. But okay. I would say our, our, our production systems teams that work on all these products bring those technologies to us and say, they're ready to go. How do we make it available? That's what we're responsible for. Is, is there one that's – so to his question, maybe a little deeper, is there one that's more profitable? We're Farm for Profit podcast. It, it, is seed and spray – or seed and spray going to do better, save me more money? Do, do we have any analytics on this versus I already have a high-speed planner, let's upgrade to exact shot? I'd say that's a decision that a producer needs to make yeah, based on their operation different. because um, your, your weed pressure or how you, how you, you know, are you a no-till operation? Okay. Are, yep. it, it, it's very dependent on that specific uh, a farmer and how they handle their production every year. So I think certain, yes, would maybe see more value in a seed and spray, Maybe they do custom spraying. Maybe there's many variables. Um, Some would see it as I need to make a significant upgrade to my planter. Okay. And it's the opportunity to add multiple technologies to it. So if it's variable, there's there's some customer front end here, Corey. You got to go out and research this. Where do you go to do that? JohnDeer.com. Yeah, Deer.com is a great place. I'm a big advocate for our dealers. Um, So stop by your, your local dealer. We're doing more day in, day out to educate our dealers on this business and get more engaged. Um, a big part of it is the installation. So you talked about um, who, who does that installation. We've got many options available. Yep. So we've got a team that will come out and help. Our dealers are great at it. Yep. We, we encourage them to, to, of course, lead the charge, and, and farmers can help participate in that as well. I got you. Tanner, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're the egg lender. Yeah. You're the banker. So from a banking standpoint, a balance sheet standpoint, uh, for farmers, is there any call to why I'd want to upgrade my current equipment to appease you in the balance sheet versus buying new? 
Is, is one better than the other? I don't know. I'm just... Uh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at a cost-benefit analysis, and for the opening comment that he made about it could be a, a third to a half of the cost of new, there might be an opportunity to where we would sit down and say that's the best for the ROI coming okay. out of your operation. But again, every, every farm is going to be different. That's the fun part about being down here at Commodity Classic and having a conversation with the deer team. I'm, we've been watching this video screen in front of us that keeps asking me if I'm ready. And as you talk about all the new technologies that we had in this entire show, the last three conversations that we had, there's been a lot of things that I've wrote down because I don't feel like I'm ready. And that's why it's great to have a team to be able to dive deeper into this. All we did was scratch the surface on this thing. And it it's fun to kind of put a, a bow on the conversation that we had. And I took something out of everything that you said, all three conversations. Deer's always been focused on how do you get to the market the fastest? You want to be the leader in the industry, and that's why you can also be the leader for getting answers. Ask the question. We can either dive into it or we've got the data to prove that. Uh, the conversation we had before this is the speed of technology advancements has never been faster than mm -hmm. it is today, but it also will we'll never, never be, be slower, slower again in the future. And the other one is you can't measure, you can't manage what you don't measure. Mm-hmm. So the, the three conversations that we had today are all based around the technology that's available in equipment, and that's what we wanted to share with our listeners. But the bonus was being able to share that with the people sitting in the yellow seats today. So thank you to everybody being a part of this. Special thanks for Jordan for this segment. We really appreciate you hanging out with us and providing a lot of benefit. I got a challenge. Fire away. So I wrote down hardware and software. John Deere started out with a plow, right? It was hardware. And now there's a lot of software into all this. And... I don't know what the percentage is, but is it 50-50? Is it, is it more one or the other? You're going to find increased value in, in I would say, the, the software that, yeah. that is on these, on these machines and products as long as you're engaged and yeah. utilizing it. My challenge is just, just hit your wagon to a good brand, and John Deere is a great brand. You know that they are – there's so many options out there for planter upgrades. That's not John Deere. The sprayer upgrades, that's not John Deere. But you guys are doing the best ones and putting it all together in one spot, kind of like Operation Center does for your farm. John Deere is doing that for everything, and that's who I want to hitch my wagon to as a farmer. I think it's going to be crucial they all talk with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, think, yep. of, think of our lives, how, how, and even uh, let's look at iPhone, how iPhone and iCloud and iPicture and iMessenger and yeah. everything. Yep. Look at Google. Yeah, we have Google, Google Sheets and Google Mail and Google this. We need, uh, you know, we have John Deere, so command center. Yep. But we, we need to all go around the same thing so everything talks, because if they're not going to talk, okay. we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. I would say look at look at our performance upgrades business and yep. look how integrated it is in the operation or in the cab when we are when we are uh, when a customer purchases an upgrade from us, you're uh, you're not adding additional displays for example you're not you're not adding yep. switches. Um, what we are focused on is a, a consistent experience, whether you are purchasing an upgrade for your existing machine or buying a new machine. We want that operational experience to be as similar as possible. Very good. Plug and play, listeners, stick around. We've got more to provide for you and uh, until next time have a good one have a good one thanks a lot thanks Jordan. well there you go listeners end of the week hopefully you enjoy your weekend don't forget to go check out the farm smart podcast by visiting nutrient ag solutions slash farm smart but for today what do you say delaney should we let the listeners go let's let them go